want to finish what I was telling you that I am excited about this series because obviously one of my favorite characters or fa uh, favorite actual living beings in the history of the world and in the Bible is John the Baptist for he is according to Jesus Christ the greatest man who ever lived pardon me outside of himself and of course he is God and uh, and this will be a welcome break for many people who are mad at me for preaching against wokeism the blob of Beelzebub and uh, and the truth of the matter is when I uh, preach messages like this we get more uh, viewers we get more listeners and uh, you would think I would preach and stick with preaching messages like this. But sometimes God will call a prophet, God will call uh, an evangelist, and even a pastor. Uh, because to preach on a series or something for a while because it is a crisis situation and the church needs to be warned. Shame on the pastor who and the preacher who sticks with their program when the ship is sinking. We don't need for the minister on a boat a cruise, as so many ministers go on today, uh, preaching about uh, the importance of water baptism when the ship is sinking. We need for you to get a pail and try to get this water off this ship to save our lives so that we can make it to shore. And so, my beloved, I'm excited to commence. Even my wife is laughing, so yeah, I know that's deeply funny. we have an emergency and I think we're going to have an emergency until Jesus comes we're in a crisis situation I'm sorry to inform you 
<clears throat> that religion, Christianity, uh, as it has been, which has been terrible, uh, over the past 60, 50 to 60 to 70 years, uh, will not continue as it has been. <clears throat> Those days are going bye-bye. And so, by the grace of God, however, this morning I want to preach And I may retitle this. <coughs> Excuse me. I may retitle this. The death of the greatest man who ever lived. Even greater than Solomon. But not greater than Jesus. For he is the Son of God, thus he is God Almighty. Now, you'll never get your head around that, but believe it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign as we roll on after almost seven years. Day 2130, uh, since January the 20th, 2017, day 2515, since January the 1st, 2016, we're working on 3,000 Just Jesus evangelistic campaign messages. And not only do we get more listeners and more viewers when I preach the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign proper, uh, I would say that it is more enjoyable even to me uh, because um, it's not as hard to preach about Just Jesus. Matthew chapter 14 verses 1 through 12 the death of the greatest man who ever lived John the Baptist at that time Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants this is John the Baptist he is risen from the dead, <clears throat> and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John, and bound him, and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful 
for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. He was the first prophet after a long spate of 400 years. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath he swore to give her whatsoever she would ask. We would say today, she put it on him. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. That's kind of like a platter. I want his head on a platter. The kind of platters that have the top that you put over the turkey or the roast to keep it warm as you begin to serve the people. And uh, the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, whatever king says, it has to go and has to come to pass. It has to go through and has to go, uh, come to pass. And them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. Always remember what you read in the Bible actually happened. This actually happened. This is not a myth. This is not a parable. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. You must understand kings and people in authority, queens, they don't have to do the dirty work. They just have to order it. And it will be done. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And uh, his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, recognizing my weakness, my lack of strength, my lack of strength, or rather, uh, understanding, Lord, I need your strength and your might and your energy. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. 
I praise you, Holy Father God, and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Son, who we are reading about even today, and Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit and the gift of your Holy Word. I praise you, Holy Father God, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you, Holy Father God, for the millions, the many, and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon me, thus my family, and Lord, on your people in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you today for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us all. And Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved and born again, have mercy and grace upon us and forgive us and cleanse us of all of our sins. For you have said in your word, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we pray for your help and the power of your Holy Spirit not only to confess our sins, but to repent of our sins and turn from our wicked ways. And Lord, I pray that you would crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us who are saved, those of us who are saved, and fill us afresh and anew with the fullness of the unction and the power, the freedom and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, God, in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments, that we will not sin against you. And deliver us, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin this early afternoon and throughout our lives. And uh, grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit now and throughout this day to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. Uh, Lord, uh, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Please continue to give me a greater understanding of that phrase. And Holy Father God, I pray uh, 
Lord, this early afternoon, that you will help us who are saved by your grace through the precious blood of Christ. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves and help us to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our wicked sins and get back to you, our first love, in a very real sense, totally 100% committed to you. And, uh, Holy Father God, revive those who are saved, uh, save those who are lost, heal those who are sick, in my family, in this audience, in this country, and around the globe. Comfort those who are grieving and mourning. And draw them to yourself for salvation. Holy Father God, I thank you for giving me uh, your grace to understand what your Holy Scriptures say, that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. As I told my wife this morning, because of her track record and the devil's track record, the devil is going to try to use her today to try to hinder these services. And I told her to pray as best she can, and I do pray for her salvation. Uh, Lord, I pray that she would humble herself and truly believe in you and forsake religion. For this man that we're preaching about today, he became famous because he preached immediately against the religious people of his day and asked them, who warned you of the wrath to come? And so, Holy Father God, thank you for showing me something that's very bitter, very painful, very ugly as an evangelist, because as you know, Lord, you have put in our hearts as evangelists a desire to see all people saved. But uh, I, I'm convinced that many pastors know that many people are not saved. But we want to see people saved. Uh, it's something you called us to do. You gave us a heart for it. And so it is heartbreaking to realize that many people in the church are like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're lost, they're, they're religious, but lost. You know who they are, we don't. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, uh, who the devil has used down through the years to try to hinder uh, every service that I've ever preached in evangelistic meetings, revival meetings, and so forth. And you have shown me that she is lost, has never shown any joy or excitement about souls getting saved, new services, new ventures, new outreaches. And uh, I praise you and thank you for giving me seven children
who have and who to this day help their father preach the gospel and preach the word. To this day, uh, even my baby son who uh, uh, the devil tried to cause a little problem with him today and uh, that didn't shake him up at all and he went forward and had his best morning this week even though he's been faithful every day this week helping his father in the ministry in a huge huge way multiple ways same thing with my daughter Daniqua same thing with my daughter Danielle and uh, my oldest daughter Danny my second oldest daughter, Danita, my son, Daniel, and uh, Danae, uh, who are supporting them to do that. And Holy Father God, I give you the glory and the praise and the honor for that. And Holy Father God, Thank you for giving us the victory. Lord, over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I pray, Lord, today uh, for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, her mother, her aunts, her siblings. I pray for the salvation of my mother and my two sisters. Uh, one of the evidences of their salvation would be that they will cease ruling over men in the church, ruling over their husbands, and teaching others to do so, for that is a demonic disaster that has ruined the families of thousands across the country, not only them, there are many others who have that same spirit. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest until they come to know you as Savior. For better than having a reunion down here when we don't agree, and we don't, and according to your Holy Word, how can we walk together lest we be agreed? unless we're a bunch of fakes and phonies and hypocrites. Lord, I would rather see us all have a great reunion up there in heaven by everybody humbling themselves, laying, laying aside their pride and their religion, and truly becoming born again. Otherwise, it will be hell for every last one of them who is lost. And so, Holy Father, God, I pray this early afternoon, uh, surprisingly, after a week of cold weather, surprisingly warm uh, up in here today, and I thank you for all of the weather that you provide. I thank you, Lord, for the climate that you have control over. And Lord, I pray 
for the salvation of the lost who hear this message live and on demand. And uh, Lord, save those who are lost in this country, around the world, in Ukraine, in Russia, in Kenya, in the Philippines, in China. And Lord, I thank you that the government of China listens to me and reads me every day. Uh, they are the second largest country that reads BCNN1 Black Christian News. And we have many countries that do so. But I am convinced it's not just the Christian people in China, but because of where the uh, stats come from, it is the seat of government. And so, Lord, I pray that your Holy Ghost would fall upon them, open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, lay aside their pride, their commonest pride, and get saved. I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to see, and all of us to see, a change in direction uh, with President Xi Jinping and President Biden. And we're waiting on the brave Churchillian Zelensky uh, to change his view as well as Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. And so, Holy Father God, continue to work in their wicked hearts, open their blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, and save all of their souls. And that, uh, and we pray that the Third World War would be averted. Let your will be done and not ours. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed, uh, for those of us who are saved and born again, we thank you for the strength and the grace that you've given us to have pleasure, to take glory in, and to be cheerful in our persecutions, trials, temptations, tests, intentions, and satanic attacks and foolishness. At the same time, Holy Father God, I pray that you will lift all of my burdens and all of our burdens for those of us who are saved, cares, worries, anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our feeble hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, and fill us with your peace, the pass of all understanding, and your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. I pray still, Lord, that you deliver us from whatever distresses and afflictions, trials, tribulations, troubles, tests, and distresses, and uh, tensions that you can deliver us from. 
Lord, have those remain in our lives, those thorns in the flesh that you want there to keep us humble and praying. And uh, Holy Father God, I thank you for them. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would deliver us also from all trib- all all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debts and problems and troubles and difficulties. And Holy Father God, I pray for at least $21,000 to come in so that we can buy all new equipment, uh, get everything fixed here that needs to be fixed and stabilized so that we can continue to preach your holy gospel and preach your holy word every day and uh, publish and write and guide and direct people in the way that they should go based upon your holy word, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, and your insight that you give us. And Holy Father God, I pray that you'll have that to come to pass. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will continue to, thank you Lord for reminding me of that, to give, thank you Lord for reminding me of that, and I pray that all of that would work out beautifully and well. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I thank you for protecting us down through the years and Holy Father God I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I pray that you bless and protect us Continue to bless and protect us going forward. I pray especially, Lord, for my children, Danny, Daniel, and Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, Danielle, Duran, Danielle, and Quazia, and all of my offspring. And uh, I pray the same for all of the families. Lord, in this country and around the globe and in this audience who name the name of Christ and I pray for the salvation for all other families. And I pray that you would bless us and protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil and the demons of hell and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us the whole arm of God Surround us with a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us, Lord, through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside and help us to walk in your grace and strength and the power of your Holy Spirit throughout this day and have all that we do and say to be done for your glory, praise, and honor and for the glory, praise, and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name we do pray, and for his sake. Amen. The death, yea, the life and death, 
of the greatest man who ever lived, according to Jesus Christ himself, John the Baptist. Dr. Matthew Henry said, Herod thought if he could get that troublesome fellow John the Baptist out of the way, he might go on in his sins, undisturbed and uncontrolled by that prophet. Yet no sooner is that effected than than he hears of Jesus and his disciples preaching the same pure doctrine and message that John preached, and which is more even the disciples confirming it by miracles in their master's name. Ministers may be silenced. Prophets may be silenced. And by the way, I know a little bit about this. The tech giants are trying to silence me. People in evangelical and Protestant and Catholic church are trying to silence me. Even some family members are trying to silence me. It, it, it comes all the way down to this day. And I'm not the only one. There are other prophets and other uh, evangelists and even other just simple basic Christian people who edit Christian magazines online. Case in point, Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee. He's just simply read an article about a man who's masquerading as a woman who's sitting in the seat of government, Biden's government. And Twitter immediately took him off. And uh, our publication, Black Christian News, has been taken off of Twitter. But hopefully, if they can put Trump back on Twitter, they'll put us back on. That's the strategy of the devil. It never works because you can't stop a prophet of God. and imprisoned, and banished, and slain, but the word of God cannot be run down. The prophets live not forever, but the word takes hold forever. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, to give you a little background and history, of this passage 
the BKC, the Bible Knowledge Commentary, Dr. Walwood and Dr. Zuck Editors, says, as the news concerning Jesus and his mighty works spread, Herod heard about Jesus and his miraculous powers. This was Herod Antipas, who ruled over a fourth of Palestine, hence the title the Tetrarch, including Galilee and Perea. He ruled from 4 BC to AD 39. His father, Herod the Great, had killed the Bethlehem babies, trying to kill Jesus. Herod Antipas judged Jesus when he was on trial. Herod concluded that Jesus was John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Matthew's last reference to John the Baptist was John sending messengers to Jesus to inquire about him. The story concerning John was now completed by Matthew. Herod Antipas had arrested John because of Herodias. John had publicly condemned Herod, who was living with Herodias, his sister-in-law. To bring it up to today, and I don't care whether you like it or not, but what Joe Biden's son, I forget his first name, did after his brother died, started having sex with his brother's wife. That is at least unseemly. Maybe technically they could, they could do that, but that's not that's not uh, a good look. She was his brother Philip's wife, so this was an immoral relationship. Herod Antipas wanted to execute John, but was fearful for the people love John the Baptist and thought him to be a prophet, a prophet in their day. For there had not been a prophet in 400 years. That's a long time. So he was a continuation of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Malachi and others. And so he was loved by the common people, not by the religious crowd, and not by, evidently, the political crowd. And you must understand about something about the spirit of the prophet. They, they speak for God. They don't speak for the people. They're not politicians. And whoever is, and whoever is doing evil and wrong, they, they will hear from the prophet. The prophet can't be bought or bossed. The hypocritical, 
religious crowd, a power base, the hypocritical, evil political crowd, another power base, oftentimes hooking up together, as is the case today. They will hear from the prophet who is not bought or bossed by any of them. They are the voice of God Almighty. And if you are doing evil, you're going, to, you're going to hear about it from the prophet. It is the spirit of the prophet, the Holy Ghost of God. Therefore, he only removed John from the public by placing him in prison. But at a birthday celebration, Salome, Herodias's daughter, danced. She so delighted Herod that he foolishly promised her anything she wanted. And there are many men like that today. And there have been many men like that down through the years. I've already told you about this. I'm going to say it again. Men, great men, rich men, powerful men, will lose their minds over a beautiful woman. And not just any woman, especially the woman who's got something that we can't put our finger on. She's just oozing sensuality. Not only is she beautiful, but she is sexy. And it's just like one of the Wall Street men told a beautiful young lady. She said, girl, you don't understand how Wall Street works, do you? If you want to move up, you have to give up that sex. And that's how it is in many places and in many fields. Uh, oh, we are hearing a little bit about Me Too. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Because I have daughters. Many of them. And I thank God for them. But we, we, we're not hearing one... Uh, maybe no more than 5% of all of the mess like that that goes on. And sad to say there are some women... Uh, they're just as guilty for being silly-minded, acting like they don't know what's going on. And some actually enjoying the sex and the money until the money stops flowing or the man goes back to his wife or uh, lies to her about something and then they want to do the Me Too thing. Both are guilty, the men and the women. But you're supposed to, preacher, you're supposed to agree with the women, and the woman, the woman is always right. That's not the case, and you know it's not the case. You chose to do it. You knew what you were doing, and you took the money and ran. And uh, what happens, however, once you do that, your soul is tied to his, and you want him. And you can't have him when you want to have him. And you feel like a tramp. See. 
But men have lost their minds over beautiful, sensuous women. You don't believe me? You, you walk into a room where there's men, great men and, and beautiful women. They, they, they may not even have any education, no college degree, no real job. But men, rich men, famous men, even pastors, will lose their minds over a beautiful woman. And they change when a beautiful woman enters the room. Because when God made the woman, son, he made something. You hear me? I mean, see, God is excellent in all that he does. Because I'm a man, I may not see how valuable uh, and how wonderful a man might be. I do know that, that men need to take back their authority. I know that. That's in the Word of God. I preach that. And uh, most women have said that they are attracted to men who know their authority who walk with confidence and not walking around trying to beg them to be with them and all of that kind of foolishness. But be that as it may, there's something about a beautiful woman, and especially she's dancing like I'm sure this young woman was dancing. This was not, uh, you know, uh, some little ballet thing on, on, the, on the ice which can be a thing of beauty. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this to be a more sensuous situation that drives men crazy. And you, you, you mock my words, you get into a situation where there are powerful men, even pastors, and a certain woman comes in they change. They may be very stern and very firm with while they're talking to powerful men and so forth in a straight face. But a beautiful woman come in and she enters the conversation. All four of the men who are talking about business or ministry or whatever, they, they, they noticeably change. And you're a liar, your feet ain't made, and your heart pumps peanut butter if uh, uh, you lie and say that's not true. They noticeably change. Unless they're effeminate or homosexual and they, they become like them. Excuse me. I know, I know that I'm not supposed to do this, but I need to. They notice now, and now let me just say say this to you. Let me say this to you. Just like a man does not know his attractiveness to a woman, some men do. 
most women do not know what. Uh, why are you looking at me like that? Most women do not know the power of their beauty. And the other added things that some women have. That cause a man to lose his mind. And don't put it past people like Herod. Who already has his brother's wife. To try to have her too. I'll give you half the kingdom. Girl, you, you're something else. You're just like your mother and younger and more. Don't put it past men to have the mother and want the daughter too. What would make a man give a woman a million dollars? What would make a man give a woman half her kingdom, half his kingdom, where she would have half of it? What would make a man kill the prophet he knows to be a true prophet? Many men have been killed over a knockout woman. And, and when I say knockout woman, it's not just the beauty. It's that thing. It's something. It's something. Look at me real good. It's that thing. It's that thing that they have about them that makes a man feel good. Mm-hmm. And let me say to pastors, you powerful pastors out there, make sure you're tight, as I mentioned last night, with your wife sexually because you can't function in this world with all of these beautiful women and all of these Sylvias in the church dressed to the nines. And mommy may not be dressed to the nines at home. She's dressed in a robe she's been wearing for 17 weeks tattered, and her hair is tied up in uh, rollers, and they're coming up to you, and I'm going to ask one of the greatest preachers living today, Charles Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley, he has shared with us how he's gotten through some of the most painful things in life, and these things are things that made him the great one of the greatest preachers living today. Charles Stanley can flat shuck the corn man, and everybody knows it. Black and white, he packs them in black and white, red and yellow. And I am publicly asking Charles Stanley before he goes on up a little higher. Uh, since his wife left him for no reason. How did he handle those swine, those, those, not, no, not that, those fine, fat, beautiful women who came up to him? How did he handle that temptation after his wife left? Because sometimes a man may not 
necessarily want sex, but he just wants to be by a woman and have a woman there with him. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like having a woman as a helpmeet to be there. And so he could help a whole lot of pastors who are in the same situation. How to handle that, because I'm sure they came after him. That's just the nature of the beast. And I pray one day before he goes on up a little higher that he will share about those temptations. Because it's one thing to be single all of your life, which is, to me, kind of strange for a man. Not for a woman, but for a man. Uh, in this day and time, I've told my daughters and I've told young women, if you can contain, your, uh, re control yourself and uh, keep yourself from committing fornication and adultery and homosexuality and all of that, uh, I don't see any need in, 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 in getting married to the people we got out here today, these men out here today. I believe a woman can make it if she keeps herself. But if you can't control yourself, then you can't be committing fornication calling yourself a Christian. But I, I, I don't want to meet a man who is not interested in a woman and not married to a woman or got a girlfriend or getting engaged or uh, married. <clears throat> you couldn't work around me. I don't, want, I don't want a man like that around me. But it's hard when you've been married for 40 years. I said 40-something years. It's hard man to not have that woman lie beside you at night or be available to you so I I pray that he would deal with that too he dealt with some ugly things I pray that he would deal with that you know he doesn't have to preach on it it would be kind of awkward maybe for him to do that but maybe just an interview maybe I'll do the interview Dr. Charles Stanley, I'll be glad to do it. There are many men who are in that situation, either with the wife in the house or outside of the house. How do you handle it? How did you handle it all of these years? And we have no doubt that you handled it. That's how much we respect you. But anyway, this is a reality, people. This is a reality, my brothers. You want to know what your tree in the garden is that God does not want you to touch? That beautiful, fine, fat woman. Woman, rather. That beautiful, fine, fat woman. That besetting, sinful situation. That weight. That's, that's the tree that God does not want you to touch. That's the tree that God does not want me to touch. Sylvia. The tree Sylvia. Okay? And and you may need some encouragement in that area. But because so many have fallen for it. And, and like I said, it's not just the body. The fat body. It's not just the beauty. It's the sound of her voice. It is that thing that she does for you that if you're not careful, your wife does not do for you.
It could be even that cheerful spirit. But it is a known fact that powerful, strong, rich men crumble down to their knees oftentimes for a beautiful, fine woman and what they can do for them, sexually speaking, that nothing else will satisfy. This is Mr. Herod. Her request, and many women have made requests of men, and I'll do this for you. I'll be here at your beck and call to serve you and to service you. Her request, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. That demonic spirit right there, where the women who are offended by the prophet is in the world today. Men support me. Uh, and what I preach big time. There's some pastors' wives and uh, church mothers and uh, uh, and women, some women in the church, even in my own family, who they can't stand me, and they they want to try to get me put in prison or die. Because I preach against their demonic rebelliousness, pride, stubbornness, disrespect, and foolishness. They hate me for it. And they are so demonic that they would love to see my wife. She and I will be celebrating... 35 years of marriage in a few days. My oldest daughter, Danny White, who was born on Thanksgiving, our first child. And she's already done at the age of 32, more than most people have done, I, when I say most, I mean it, at the age of 82. And they followed she and my oldest daughter, Danita, and now my son, Daniel, uh, and the rest of the children are going to do the same because Danny and Danita are going to make sure they do it. They followed my footsteps early on in their lives to travel around the world and to do missionary work. Glory be to God. But these, these devilish people outside of my family, pastors' wives, they're so angry with me because I tell men to take 
back their authority and get in charge of your wife and your children and you tell them what you want done in your house. And I rebuke the daylights out of the Jezebels in the church and in uh, and in this country. So it's a demonic spirit of Jezebel in the church and most men are afraid to deal with it. But, you, but to their credit, men that these Jezebel wives, pastor's wives, have been trying to get their husband to shut me up. They're heret. They have not budged. They have told Herodus, Herodias rather, and Jezebel all in one, I'm not doing that to that man. I'm not doing that. In fact, one of them told me secretly, one of the pastors, Dr. Dwight McKissick, told me, because he, he knew people were shocked at some of the things I have said, especially regarding my wife, Marika White. He said, you know what, preacher, you, you do what you are led of the Lord to do. Because I got a, a woman who came up to me, she's divorced and all of that, trying to tell me how to treat my wife. And his attitude was, now, where's your husband at? Where, huh? What happened to your husband? I'm married. See, and that's what I say to people. My wife and I have been married for 35 years. Don't come trying to tell me, and you divorced, remarried, you're doing the same poison to other people. Huh? And people have tried to get my wife to leave her husband. You know why? Because they're full of hell and the devil. That's devilish. And uh, they, they, they think that they would, that would give them a victory over me. See, your wife even left you. See, that doesn't work. And you already divorced and remarried, working on your third marriage. Leave me alone. Leave my wife alone. That's what they want. <clears throat> and to my surprise and shock, in light of the fact that how stubborn and proud and rebellious and disobedient my wife has been over the past 35 years, she did not jump at the opportunity. Not one time. They've tried several times. <clears throat> and she shocked, I don't know if she shocked heaven or not, but she shocked me and she shocked them. In one occasion when she came, she left talk, talking with them and came over to me and said, uh, uh, let me ask you, you know, she told them, let me ask my husband, can I go and eat dinner with y'all? I said, I told I said, I told I asked the lady, who are you? God did something in her heart from the word of God, from prayer, from all of the prayers she's heard me pray against this kind of thing happening one day. I never thought it would happen, but it happened and it's happening. And not, it's not only family members, her devilish aunts especially her mother has better sense than to be trying to do that because she in her marriage ended up in divorce and I'm sure she regrets it and I told my wife that your mother's proud of you but is your your lady Macbeth aunts 
who are full of hell and the devil, instigating some kind of foolishness. But they're not the only ones. My sweet evangelical brethren, you know why they hate it? Because this is the satanic dumb garbage that they have preached for the past 40 to 50 to 60 years, that the wife is always right. You know why? Listen to me, people. <clears throat> was Herodias right? No, she was not right. She was wrong. And she's in hell today. She murdered John the Baptist. And her daughter murdered John the Baptist. And now they're served up in a charger to hell along with uh, Herod. How about that? All of them in hell today. He, uh, Herod was an accessory to murder. Jezebel Herodias killed John the Baptist. Foolishly thinking you can get rid of the word of God. You can't do that. The word of God still stands. But you know what I am proud of? I, I'm so, I am proud to wear this, this badge of honor that you're so upset at my preaching that you would try to disrupt my marriage and family uh, like your uh, Adam's family, family foolishness. It's not just, 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 her, just um, my wife's family or my family. Because I'm sure that my mother and my sisters would love to see me proven wrong that a wife ought to submit to a husband. That a woman ought not to be pastoring a church calling herself an, an apostle, calling herself a bishop, calling herself a pastor, calling herself uh, all of that. The only thing a female preacher can call herself under the Bible is, according to the Bible, is a prophetess. They're, they're destroying generations of marriages and families. You say, preacher, that's your family. I know, I still love them. I thank God for the good my mother did do. But they're wrong. And their marriages are shot to hell. One has been divorced and remarried, and one I don't even think they're together anymore. My brother-in-law, Martin, should be the pastor of that church, should have been the pastor of that church since my dad died. For he's more like my dad than I am. He's a true loving pastor. I'm not called to be a pastor. Not his wife, not my sister. And my mother is not the overseer. It should be a man. You're sending the wrong signal throughout the community, throughout the nation, and throughout the world. And I have to preach against this, even with my own mother and, and, and sisters and so forth. Why? Because my mother has always, watch this, has never had a problem ruling over a man. Ruling over her husband and ruling over other men. It's just a matter of fact to her. Doesn't bother her one bit. Why? I believe because she's religious and lost. And I believe that if she doesn't get saved, if my sister Sheila does not get saved, and my sister Linda not get saved, born again, they're going to hear the words from Jesus, not well done, thou good and faithful servant. They're going to hear, uh, when they call upon him and say, we, we said, Lord, Lord, he's going he's to say to them, 
uh, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. That's what I believe. See? So be, because it's not based upon what you do, especially if you're doing it wrong. You're doing it against God's word. We all must abide as saved people to the word of God. There are many Herodias, many Jezebels in this country that have controlled and dominated their husbands and marriages and families down into hell. Across this country, that's one of the big problems in the church today. And I don't care who says it's okay, it's not okay. There are women who have too much power. And at the same time, my friend, you know, since we all are free moral agents, you know what I say? To show women, I'm not intimidated by you. Now, now, and by the way, let me say this. The only man that my mother has never ruled over is me. And that's a fact. That's why we. That's why she doesn't call me. She doesn't communicate with me until my little brother died. That was too much for us. And then, then she tried to reach out to me then. But see, that's too late. That's too late. That's not right. So you don't. You don't. You don't do that. Only time you call. Only time you send a letter or whatever is when my little brother dies. And, and nobody has told me, nobody told me he was sick. Nobody even called me and asked me to pray for him. That's evil. But yet you want me to come and comfort you and come and do something and do this. And I'm not doing that. See? See, because my mother does not manipulate me like she, like she did my dad. And he knew what she was doing, but he let her do it. And she, he knew he, she was wrong, and she knew she was wrong. They both told me that. See? But she led her daughters into the same old mess. And their marriages and family life has been a mess. Just like our family life was. Uh, being raised in the home. So, uh, it's, it's, it's ironic, it's, it's, it's strange that I'm the one God has called to try to change this mess around, not only in my family, but in thousands of families across this nation and around the globe. Thousands of people listen to me preach, watch me preach, as well as uh, read me and and. and probably more read me than, than the other two. I should not be the one humanly speaking. But God did something in my heart and called me to be a prophet to deal with it. Is everybody going to change? No. Uh, Jezebel women and Herodias women going to continue to hate my guts? Yes. He said, well, why, why did your wife stay? I told her, I believe God had answered all of my prayers up against this day of persecution. And God did something 
even though I still do not believe you're saved. God did something in your heart and your mind that I have nothing to do with. And to this day, my wife can leave and refuses to do so. And I thank God she refuses to do so. Because I would have to have me a woman. I'm not Charles Stanley. And let me say something to your pastors where your wife has died. You're not Billy Graham. I mean, you're just as powerful as Billy Graham as far as preaching, but you may not be like him as far as staying uh, single. Okay? Like he did after his wife died. And if you're tempted to get you a woman, you know, and have you a woman, you need a woman in, in, with you. Uh, where you're not going to be sinning against God and committing adultery and fornication and all that. Uh, you, you need to go ahead and get married again. I don't care if you're 60-something, 70-something. If you still got that urge, you better go ahead on and, and get one of those sisters to be with you until the end. Before you mess up at the end of, end of your day, we don't need that. We don't want that. Take yourself a wife. A good wife, though. Not a woman who's going to try to control you. Like Herodias. And Jezebel. And, and, and let me just say something to you now about God. God loves everybody. And God does love his girls. But he does not love Jezebel. And he does not. I mean he does not love the spirit of Jezebel. And he does not love the spirit of Herodias. And God has a problem with women like that. And God has expressed that in his word. And you need to read it. And stick with the word. And not your feelings or your emotions. Ask Samson. The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. You remember that? Ask Samson. The strong and mighty Samson. Delilah put, Delilah put something on him. You say, well, why was Samson sleeping in her lap? Because Delilah put something on him. You see that? You hear that name? Delilah. Delilah put something on him, put him to sleep. And evidently she did it routinely. Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. I want that prophet. We haven't had a prophet in 400 years. And the first one that come along, I want him killed. And there's some weak men who will have him killed. Because of your booty. Mm -hmm. Those supple breasts. And your gyrating abilities. Was not her idea. For she was prompted by her mother Herodias. 
Though this request greatly distressed Herod, he was caught in a trap. And so many men have been caught in a trap. Excuse me. Excuse me, my sweet evangelicals. But he was pussy whipped. I know you don't like it. But I'm not concerned about what you think anymore. Because you Pharisees and Sadducees have shown yourselves to be the greatest hypocrites living today. Yes, I'm talking to my sweet evangelicals, white and black. My sweet Protestants and certainly my sweet Catholics. Every last one of you. I can care less what you think. Because you are involved in looking at pussy online. You are getting pussy that does not belong to you. So I can care less what you think. I really can. It doesn't make a hill of In fact, I'm saying it on purpose to irritate you about your hypocrisy. You, you people make me sick with this foolishness, man. You do it. You do the evil. But if somebody said, oh, we have to condemn him. We have to. We have to try to block him. I have some friends at Google who can block him. You will let me preach freely. Because maybe you'll get set free. Caught in a trap. He was pussy whipped. For his oath was at stake. So he granted the wish and John was beheaded because he was trapped between two women. See, when you take your brother's wife, it's just a small step for you to try to take your wife's daughter, you devil. This is why men who get divorced and get married and, and, and take on uh, children from other men, from now their wife, and then they start having, they, they got their wife and stole the wife from the man, now they're going to have sex with the wife's daughter. And there's some women who will let him do it and get off on it. You're so evil and wicked. See, this is why the Jezebel pastor's wives can't stand me. They, they, another reason why they can't stand me is because they have cre created something, or the pastors have let into the church something called divorce care, which they think had a pure um, beginning. And all it all it became is a dating platform for horny, married, and newly divorced people. And the pastor's wife plays Cupid. Now this is Barry over here, and uh, Julia over here. She'll, uh, he, he'll be good for her because she came out of a certain kind of marriage and so forth and so on. And then you got all kinds of living in adultery mess going on in the church. 
led by Jezebel, the pastor's wife. That's why they hate me. And I know who they are. I know who some of them, some some of the pastors' wives are. And I'm waiting on them to jump so that I can expose them. And they're they're influencing other pastors' wives. They've already convinced some of their pastors, uh, the Herod pastors, Ahab pastors, not to have me come and speak when I told you a long time ago, I would have to backslide to get into fellowship into your church. I, I said that a long time ago. I got that from an old evangelist. What's his name? The old evangelist uh, used to write books. Uh, uh, it was a friend of Billy Graham's. I forget his name right now. And uh, I would have to backslide and get in the field. I don't want to come to your church and preach. That's the last place on earth I want to come and preach to your church. Because most of the people in the church are lost. You're probably lost yourself. See, and that, that's, that, that's what I'm not going to go along with this foolishness. This charade that you people have been doing for, for 30, 40, 50 years. You're woke. I'm preaching to the woke church. Oh, and by the way, I'll be preaching tonight on wokeism. The blob of Beelzebub. The same thing that happened with the prophets in the past. Jezebel against the Elijah. And so forth and so on. John the Baptist and Herodias is happening today. Thank God none of the pastors that I know have listened to Herodias or Jezebel and come after me. That would be, I thank God that they have not done so and they said, no, I'm not going to bother that man because he's preaching the truth. That's what they have told him. Because all, all it takes is just one or two, maybe three of their husbands to come after me. And there have been some weak, effeminate men on their own try to come after me but most of them are white white southern baptists trying to mess with me even where I live at and I know who they are and nobody can get you like the Southern Baptists, if they want to get you, they can they can cause you some problems. Only God has protected me from them. And these are these are not the Bible believing Southern Baptists. These are the liberal, woke, homosexual supporting Southern Baptists. Led by Andy Stanley. 
and one other man I'm not going to mention because he's, he's coming out little by little. John's disciples gave his body a decent burial and reported to Jesus what had happened. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to stop it there for today. Jesus Christ said he was the greatest man who ever lived. And Jesus Christ, even though you are a wicked, evil sinner, he loves you. For he said, the most loving words, the most powerful words, the most magnificent words, and the most important words in the history of the world, when he said, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you want everlasting life? Do you want to avoid going to hell when you die? Don't, don't say you're not worried about the future, concerned about the future. That's why you have life insurance. That's why you have flood insurance. That's why you have house insurance. So that if you die, your house will be paid off for your family. You have car insurance in case you get into a car accident. Or in case you get pulled over. If you don't have proof of insurance in that car, you, you, you can have that car towed. You have to walk home or go to jail or pay a fine. Something's going to happen bad if you don't have proof of insurance in case something happens. Well, your dying is not in case. You're going to die. Okay? You know that. Your mother died. Your dad died. Your grandmother died. Your grandfather died. And you're going to die. So you need to get ready for what's going to happen after you die. For God has said, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. God said in his word, we are all sinners, all have sin and come short of the glory of God. God said in his word that the wages of sin is death. That means that our punishment for our sins, a part of our punishment for our sins is death physical death which will turn into spiritual death <clears throat> in hell where, we, where you will continue dying and never die 
continue burning and never stop. Continue being in torment. That's how awful sin is. And Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ said, so that you can be saved from hell. You're not going to be saved from death. You will still die. What God wants you to understand is that if God will allow you to die from this beautiful ball called earth, hanging and turning on nothing, lit by the sun during the day and lit by the moon at night, and trillions of stars and galaxies. You need to understand that he will allow you to go to hell if you do not believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ today. Believe in your heart his gospel, his good news, that he suffered, he bled, and he died as the Lamb of God. And that's the greatest thing that John the Baptist ever said. The greatest man who ever lived said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Believe in the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for all of your sins, past, present, and future, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. Believe in Him with all of your heart. Pray to Him based upon what the Bible says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ask him to save you, and he will. Follow me in what is called the sinner's prayer. Believing in your heart in the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God, and he will save you. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner. And that I have done evil in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul, and please forgive me, Lord, of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ.
who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for all of my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change. And help me to turn from my wicked lifestyle. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's all it takes, baptism will not save you, church membership will not save you, shaking the preacher's hand or taking the right hand of fellowship will not save your soul. Giving money to the church, working in the church, none of that will save you. Simple faith and belief in Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. If you have done that and you have called upon his name in sincerity, then according to the words of God and the words of Jesus Christ, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. You say, Preacher, how can you say this so, with so much confidence? Because I have confidence in the Word of God. Not our feelings or what we think. I believe the Word of God is factual and true. So, to help you grow in the faith, please go get my free book. I said free book at gospellightsociety.com download it. The title of the book is What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. It will give you the next steps on what you should do as a Christian and help you grow in the faith to be the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. And email us and let us know that you got saved today. You can email us on the email that's on your platform. We're on multiple platforms. And let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you and pray for you. If you have a specific prayer request, send it in and we'll pray for you until you tell us to stop by God's grace.